Hello. Welcome Hi. to our episode 10 of Unhappy Not Ill. <laughs> um, little reminder, I'm Esty. I'm Vanessa. And we are your hosts. So today, episode number 10 is all about the climax. Um, not the kind of climax you're thinking about. <laughs> well, what are you thinking about? I'm just laughing here because... We're recording these podcasts and Esty's just been told off um, for moving when she talks because she talked a lot more in the last episode um, and it was really, really active in the room. Um, and we've just started this next episode and Esty's managed to move around a lot and we've not even said anything yet. <laughs> so I've just had to, because you're not seeing this on record, <laughs> listeners, I've just had to kind of signal to her to stop clicking the pens. If you can hear a clicking pen, it's because my wife can't keep her hands still <laughs> when she talks. And I think that must be her Spanish origin. Yes, good excuse. Love it. Anyway, keep your hands still and concentrate. Okay, thanks. Right, so what is the climax all about? I guess my summary of this, and Nettie, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is when... So many signs came your way that you almost couldn't ignore them. Yeah, well, I couldn't ignore them. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so, I mean, I have worked out in my life that if you don't listen, your body will stop you eventually. So the mental signs are the first signs that happen. And we all know, well, we maybe don't all know, but for people that read or are interested in just general health and well-being your brain and your body are connected like you're you know absolutely massively connected medicine treats things differently mental health physical health but we're interconnected and if you go to other parts of the world and other medicines they treat the body as a whole western medicine is really bad at treating things in isolation but the signs start off as mental signs you know they are things that we notice that show up, but we are so designed to ignore them. We are actually conditioned and designed to ignore all the mental signs. And fundamentally, when you ignore them enough, as I clearly did, then your body starts to get involved. And unfortunately, when your body gets involved, sometimes, most of the time, you can't ignore it. And that's what happened to me. So I hit that 40 so she met me and then five months later... I fell apart. Bam. <laughs> yeah, literally. Got... Actually, that's a very good point. You hadn't mentioned that to me before, but now you've just pointed that out. Yeah. I met Esty and my life fell apart. And I think that's symbolic, <laughs> actually, because in order to improve ourselves, we do have to pull ourselves apart. Yeah. Like, you know, you think about anything we do when we design, if we're, re if we're fixing things, we have to take it apart to fix it. If well, we're designing things, we have to take it apart so we can improve it. Yeah. What can you fix that isn't broken? Yeah. <laughs> but then you've also got to find the problem. So, yeah. you know. So, so how did you fall apart then? Go on, spill the beans. So it started with, um, so I met Esty and I was literally on cloud nine and, you know, Esty's not, she's not an unattractive person in any respect. Oh. That was nice, you know. Some might say she was fit. Um, and, and, you know, and, and I really thought I was, you know, life was good. I had a new job and it was a great job in terms of, um, you know, decent company, decent pay, um, exciting opportunities. But... 
I I was training really well. I was doing lots of uh, Olympic lifting training and I was feeling very strong physically. And I remember uh, going for a routine uh, woman's appointment and they basically told me, in short, that I had to have a hysterectomy, a full abdominal hysterectomy. Um, and that was the catalyst for the subsequent let's call it five years, I think it was five years of my body just deteriorated. So I had to have a full abdominal hysterectomy, which is not a small operation. And yet again, you know, the lead up to that was really not very helpful. So I I was told I had to have surgery. I had a a massive fibroid um, on my womb. Uh, Lots of women have fibroids. I think there should be quite a lot of work in why lots of women seem to have fibroids. Um, And and I'd I'd happily share those with anybody that wants to know. But um, anyway, long story short, I was in this new job. I had this new woman in my life who I'd fallen in love with. And, you know, and I just remember saying to the doctor, okay, well, when can I do it? And that all happened really, really quickly. I remember distinctly being told, you know, it'll be, it's, it's big surgery, um, probably three months before you're better, but six weeks before you can be back in the gym. And that was the only thing I cared about. When was I going to go back in the gym? So I had this massive surgery where they cut me from um, belly button down to sort of bone. And I was working the next day. I was on my emails in the hospital because I was in a new job. It was a big job. I was earning um, good money you know, who wants to be off, let alone for three months. So I was not recovering. Um, And the hysterectomy was the trigger. That was the trigger. I literally, within the space of three months, put on three stone. Um, I I just didn't recognize myself. I was exhausted. Um, I was driving myself career-wise and I didn't take much time off. I did take some time off, but not much. And even the time I took off, I was working really at home. Um, my body physically recovered on on a surface level, but internally it didn't recover for many, many months. And after six months, I remember I was flying out to Romania with work. And I remember being at the airport and getting a doctor call me to tell me that I'd, um, uh, you know, the reason I'd not recovered from this surgery six months in was because the effects I was now having were the effects of early menopause, which it's not that I didn't know that, but it wasn't really something that they told me would happen, yeah. let alone and in the six And it wasn't labelled at the time. Yeah, yeah, so, no, I mean, you know, there was a lot of chat about you're going to have this hysterectomy. I, I got to keep my eggs. They took my womb. So there was no mention that I was going to trigger early menopause. And, of course, you know, if nobody kind of explains that to you, because we talk about menopause now... But we weren't even talking about it in a big way five years ago. So I was 41. Um, I'd gained three stone. Um, everything had had just swelled up, basically. And I had early menopause to add insult to injury. So I thought my surgery recovery was bad, but actually it was this menopause. And for all the women out there, um, menopause, for, for, you know, if you, if you haven't had it yet... It is life changing. And for you women in your 20s and 30s, you 
probably think, oh, yeah, no, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. And it might be fine by the time you get to sort of the age that it happens to you, because who knows what the advances are going to be made. But certainly I think life to date has shown it's, it's anything but fine. It is transformational. So I think I suffered really badly with menopause to the point that I had something, I was diagnosed again. I mean, I went to see my doctor, what they did, threw a pill at me. Um, interestingly, <laughs> threw a pill at me, a male doctor. Um, I've always found that whole concept of a male doctor advising on women's health very challenging. Um, I remember in my younger years when I'd go for sort of gynecological issues and they would offer you patches of various hormones and I'd be like, I can't wear a patch. And they'd be like, well, I can't wear a patch. They stay on for three days. And I'd say, well, have you worn one for three days? Yeah. And they'd be like, well, <laughs> well, no. And I said, so you don't actually know. But yeah. I don't know any plaster that stays on three days. So I doubt this will. But anyway, so again, male doctor threw me a pill, um, started taking the pill because, again, my life was telling me I hadn't got time to be ill. I hadn't got time to have these problems. I had this high-powered job. Oh, um, estrogen. Oh, right. Okay, yeah, hormonal. So, yeah. you know, hormonal pill. So I didn't have time to be hormonal, so I took a pill. That <laughs> yeah. then led to um, my breasts just literally went up overnight, three, three breast sizes, three cup sizes. Um, I couldn't even move they were so painful um i went to i got referred and i was diagnosed with post hysterectomy syndrome whatever that is um and then that led to even more hormone replacement therapy but it was all implants so i had gels i had tablets and then we went into implant mode um so that helped in some respects menopause was very challenging. You know, you had um, temperature changes, weight gain, um, definitely mood Mood was impacted. So I already had a pre-existing condition of a mental health condition and then you get menopause chucked yeah. in on top of that. Um, it's actually impressive we're still together, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, this is the thing. I mean, this is when you know you've got true love because my wife has been through the worst with me and asked me to marry her in that time so and if I if I were to show pictures of where she proposed to me um and what I looked like I did say to her last night because you know for those of you that, that listen to the podcast and know mo me you'll know this is very me I wouldn't have married me if I'd have been you at that time um and she just said oh darling you're so shallow um, but I just looked my worst. I mean, I looked absolutely shocking. And I know that people say that's shallow and it is shallow. And I'm not going to lie. I can be um, optically shallow because my father is Italian and he was he was in the fashion industry. He was a hairdresser. So they're designed to be shallow. Um, but here's the other thing. The reason I was so affected by how I looked is because it wasn't me. Yeah. So my body was a symbol of something, but it wasn't me. Um, and so I was rejecting what I saw because what I saw, my body for me was the biggest sign. It was saying, fucking stop, Vanessa, stop driving, stop pushing, stop controlling, stop trying to be whatever it is you think you need to be and look what all of that is doing to me. Um, so shallow or not shallow... My body told me it had had enough. It blew up. It slowed down. 
um, I, I wasn't in control of my body anymore. It kind of got to a place where you couldn't really get out of this vicious circle of not liking your body um, that you kind of thought, right, I need to change things up, right? So it almost had to get so bad physically that you then started to do a change. Isn't it fascinating that you were mentally ill for 20 years, let's say, and... 30. 30 years... And you then changed something, but you were only physically ill for three years and it made you change something. Yeah. Isn't there something in that? Like we do much more about the physical elements rather than the mental elements. And unfortunately, like Vanessa's just described before, the mental elements will drive the physical. So why don't we reduce the mental? Yeah. And it, and it's true, and I can see that now really clearly because hindsight is is a wonderful thing and it's an exact science, isn't it? But... I have. I still, to this day, can usher my my mental issues away. But when something physical happens, of course, we don't have that option. I mean, don't get me wrong. There will be people out there who say, "Well, I ignore physical stuff." But for me, my my body, um, I couldn't ignore it. And you you said it it got to a point I mean you know you were there yeah I wouldn't have pictures taken of me I mean I'm, I'm still not the best yeah um but I'm definitely a lot better um I wouldn't I I just hated my body and I would take all efforts to cover it up um and you know it used to make me very very upset um yeah. and I think for me at that time I hated my body and people would say things like, oh, you know, because this is the other thing that I've really learned over the last few months. Society is really good at trying to help you accept something that's wrong. So people that's would say, fascinating. people would yeah. say to me, oh, you know, you're getting older. Um, you know, it's just what happens and, you know, you've got to be happy and it doesn't matter if you put some weight on. I remember somebody saying to me once, isn't it better just to take these tablets and be fat, but happy? And I'm like, but I'm not happy and yeah. I am fat. And, yeah. you know, this is not about weight in a negative way, but I saw my weight as a symbol of the dis-ease in my body. Let's put it that way. Literally disease. <laughs> yeah. And and I think that I think that a lot of people, you know, everybody has their own journey with their with their body. But for me, being heavy was just my unhappiness personified. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was carrying the weight of years and years and years of trauma and pressure and stress that I'd put on myself based on my expectations of myself because of society and because of the way we are designed and conditioned to show up. Um, and I just thought, I just saw that that body was reflecting that pressure. And I think that was the reaction to it. That was the trauma. That was the upset for me because I knew inside what I'd done to myself with the assistance of the medical support around me. I mean, you know, I'm not going to say this was me on my own because Absolutely at not. no point in any of my life has any doctor sat down and said, you need to look at the way you're living your life. And personally, I think that's what doctors should be doing. 
They shouldn't be giving you medication or excuses for some of the things that we've done to ourselves. Or tools to cover things up. Yeah, they should be actually encouraging you to excavate and dig deep and find out what the root cause is, not what the surface level solution is. So um, I, I personally saw my body as my mirror. And it was yeah, very traumatic, yeah. as you know. Yeah, I know. I know because I know. even like Esty loves me so much that she loved me and, and still says, I would have always loved you the way you were. But going back to that old saying that someone says, you can't, somebody else won't love you if you don't love yourself. And I knew that if I didn't sort my life out um, and the menopause and sorry, the hysterectomy, the menopause, they were just the culmination of the 20 years before and the damage I'd done to myself in trying to be what I thought I needed to be. Um, and that's why, you know, because a lot of these, particularly women's issues, these happen because of hormones. Hormones, I've learned, are su such a complicated construction inside a woman's body. And everything we do, how we think, how we eat, how we feel, how we behave, feed into this. So it's no surprise that I needed a hysterectomy. It's no surprise I had a, um, a fibroid because I'd spent 20 years before taking tablets of various, you know, whether it was the pill for a period of time, whether it was antidepressants, yeah. whether it's painkillers, you name it, how you that it. affected my body could not be good. Now I'm not a doctor, but as you know, darling, I'm an avid learner and I read a lot and I absorb a lot and I listen to podcasts a lot because I've had to fix myself because nobody else was going to be able to fix me. And I can now see that that manifestation in me was my own design, really, because I'd ignored my signs. And and can we just take one step into how you were feeling when all this stuff was kind of crumbling around you, hysterectomenopause, HRT, breast reduction, a lot? Um because I, I know you were still in that treadmill of medical intervention, support from the Western medicine world, and kind of finding for, finding results and finding answers, right? How, how, how were you feeling in that time? I felt out of control. I felt like I was in last chance saloon in terms of my physical um, being. Um, you know, I felt mentally I'd got myself onto fairly even yeah, keel, actually. Yeah, yeah, correct, correct, yeah. Um, and in my heart, I felt full because I had you and I had, you know, all my furry babies and my family. But physically, it was like, I don't get this, you know. My 40s, in terms of my emotional stability, were the happiest of my life. Yeah, 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 um, bang on. But it was like, you know, I spent the first, you know, 20 years of my life battling my mind just get that sorted. And now I felt like I was out going into battle with my body. Nature and like I say, in. everybody around me was trying to say, you know, it's just because you're getting older. You know, everybody, everybody just likes to kind of give you a reason for something you're doing. So it was, oh, it's okay because you're old and you're getting older. That's why these things are happening and you just got to get used to it. And, you know, it, I felt really, really helpless. And well, you know what happened. So one of the things I did because I felt helpless was I did have a breast reduction. Yeah. You know, because I, and you know, that for many women is, it was the first time in my life I had boobs that were so big that I really understood the women who have large boobs and it's just awful. Um, so I'd always had, you know, 
eye to eye to argue very, very nice boobs and a good size and they were never too small and they were never too big and then they just became grotesque um so i took you know more physical intervention and i had more surgery what two years after i'd already had full abdominal hysterectomy which must have put my body into huge trauma my body um, so I did that. And then I was considering, as you know, further surgery to deal with the way my body looked. Um, and, you know, my head was telling me to do that. My heart was telling me that was not the solution. There's this, there is definitely this kind of story coming out of this, which is nature will win and your body will always win because you know, 30 years of battling with mental illness, then getting to a place where you kind of got that in check and then your body goes, rash. Like, it's just, you, it's it's going to happen and, and the body's going to do its thing that it needs to do no matter what you intervene with. Yeah, I mean, I think, I just see that, I, I understand now that everything, that all of these signs that I ignored and then people around me would just distract me from by giving me medication or giving me reasons that sounded better than me just perhaps you know listen to myself um but then fundamentally it culminated in my body and I now understand that I am my greatest sign it's taken me it's taken me 47 years to work it out but I am my greatest sign I know uh, you know, I, yeah. I say to you all the time, darling, we have been conditioned and designed to not feel. And I've had to recondition myself and redesign myself to feel and allow myself to deal and then heal. Um, you know, and that's what I do. I mean, you you know that the last couple of weeks have been a bit tougher for me from my mental health perspective, you know, and... Absolutely. You've you've sat down with me, Esther's sat down with me and we've kind of, and well, she rang me up actually because she was away with work. Yeah, so I was away with work on Tuesday to Thursday and on Tuesday morning I wake up, I don't know, seven o'clock in the morning, look at my phone and I've got a text message from Vanessa at like 6.15 going, so we've got issues with the plumbing and I think they're coming on Wednesday, but I can't do Wednesday because I'm working on Wednesday and then maybe they can come on Thursday, but I'm supposed to be away on Thursday. So they're not going to be able to come until Friday and, and I don't know whether you're around. And I, and I literally was like, actually really helped me to step away from the situation because if I would have been in the situation, I probably would have been similar to you, which is go, let's have a go at the plumbing company because they're not coming quick enough, right? But more importantly, I, I was able to have that context and go, right, let's just take a little tiny step step backwards here it is 6 15 in the morning right if you've picked up your phone and managed to put together that message you must have been up way before then so this is not good for your mental no. health no you did and, and when, you did when you, you, when you made me realize that i was you know again i was ignored i knew the signs i could i could see them and i told you them um but uh, but i was just plowing on through. Yeah, yeah. And then when Esty kind of it's interesting in the work that I do, I always um I always talk about how we it's only when we write things down or put them into our conscious we do something about it and that we are very accustomed to knowing what's going on, but we only do something about it when someone calls you out. And that was an exact example. Um, you know, I knew that my mental health was 
a bit precarious because of the way that I've been scheduling my diary yeah. for the last four or five weeks, which unfortunately for me does impact me quite quickly. But really good that it is quick now because I can. the quicker it impacts, the sooner I can do something positive. Um, but basically, SD called me out and said, why are you up at 6.30 looking at your phone? Because we have a rule in our house that we don't take phones into the bedroom. Um, and, yeah, you know, man. I'm not going to say it's 100% followed, but it's an 80% followed rule. Um, and I have certain routines. So Esty called me out and, 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 you know, it helped. But again... And you call me out as well. Yeah, at yeah I do. Like, but well, really, do you really need to be doing that tomorrow morning when you're like supposed to be doing this and this and this as well? I'm like, oh yeah, fair enough. But, you know, like even 12 months ago, I, w I wouldn't be as skilled as I am now at reading my signs. And I think just before we kind of wrap up on this episode, you know, the human body is an incredible machine, right? It's, I don't know if you've got read, have read Bill Bryson's The Body Book, but it is capable of so much more than we even know, right? We should be so grateful and so thankful that the body even gives us signs, right? Because it could just completely ignore it and then bam, turn 60, dead. But it's giving us the signs every day, Every week, every month, every 10 year span of well, life. Every minute of every day. Really. Every minute, every all second the time. of every minute. It's of every communicating day. with us constantly. And like you say, Vanessa, we have been programmed, positioned, driven to ignore the signs. But come on, guys, like it's such an incredible human, the human body is such an incredible being that we need to just let it do its thing and listen to it. Yeah. But I think that's, that, that is a valid point, though, Esty, isn't it? That the human body is designed to survive and to heal itself and to thrive. And actually, it's only human intervention. Yeah. Um, yes, okay, so we're not going to go into the arguments because there'll be a lot cleverer people out there with a lot more detail on it. But fundamentally, let's trust our bodies. We do have help outside in the world if, the, if, the, if it's too much for the body alone. But when our body gives us the signs... We should trust it. And it, the way I look back now is I think that it's not that those signs weren't there. It's just that I was conditioned in the life that I was leading and the life that I was brought up in, which is everybody's society, to find something to distract me from the sign because it would mean then I could work harder or do more or be more productive or party harder. And that's, that's okay. You can take that route, but you will pay a price. So it really just depends on how much of a price we want to pay. I feel I've paid quite a high price, but I'm very grateful that I have enough years ahead of me um, to balance it out. Um, and, 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 I, and I've definitely done a lot of that over the last 12 months. But I think a lot of people will ignore those signs until it's something has to happen. Now, something did happen for me in terms of my physical manifestations but in the, at the end of the day, they aren't the worst things that can happen to people. There are a lot worse things that can happen to you. And I know people will then um, do something about it or hope most people will do something about it. But my plea to all of you out there is stop ignoring the signs. Stop turning the volume down on the signs. Because since I've been listening to my signs, my life has been much better. And, and you know, another question that I would kind of send out to you guys is how big does the sign need to be for you to listen to it? 
are you going to wait for the bigger sign? Is that what needs to happen? You know, Nettie, like you had four slam dunk signs within two years and you, and you have listened to them. And obviously we're going to go on and talk about how you found your freedom from that and like incredible but I think a lot of people out there will wait for more than a hysterectomy, a menopause. Well, I think a lot of people won't join the dots underneath because we like to, you know, yeah. when we when doctors give us labels, um, we like to think, oh, we could, we like to believe that it wasn't in our control and it's not our fault. Yeah. And actually, if you get behind the detail of a lot of the headline chronic conditions that we are facing in the 21st century, uh, I think you're going to be all be very disappointed to learn that probably 90% of it is our fault. <laughs> We've reached the end of episode 10, the climax. Um, I think in terms of a takeaway, a good summary of this episode is going to be, a, um, I'm going to give you guys a quote that I live by and I think is very, very true. And the quote goes as follows. It is trust breeds trust. And that can be taken in the context of a relationship. So if you show someone trust, they will reciprocate trust. But it's also in respect to your body. So if you trust your body, your body will give you trust back. And I think that's what, what we're trying to say here. Read the signs of your body and trust your body. Now, I'm going to say something that I think could be misconstrued so I'm going to caveat it with saying that we are not medics we are not doctors and we are not qualified to advise on anything related to medicine by the way we do believe there is a role for western medicine but I would I would go as far as saying trust your body more than medical intervention because your body is so much better and so much cleverer than all of that mm. I'm going to leave you with that takeaway. Please follow us on Instagram, unhappy not ill, no full stops or anything like that, just straight unhappy not ill. And if you haven't yet on episode 10, then please follow our podcast so that we can share this passion and this movement that we're trying to create. Our episode 11 is called My Freedom and it's not my freedom, it's Vanessa's freedom. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's going to be talking about what Vanessa actually did to get to the place that she's in today. It's probably the pinnacle episode of our podcast. Um, this is where all the solutions are going to come out, guys. Um, all the well, contrary. Not all of them, because it would be very difficult to cram 47 years worth of solutions <laughs> into a 30 minute podcast. But yeah. I'm going to give you the highlights. And I'm going to give you some guidance, some wisdom, I guess, um, because that's what we impart as we experience just our wisdom. And I think it's something that is very underrated uh, still in the 21st century. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye.